Welcome to the Prolific Author Podcast. Let's face it, readers read fiction to feel emotion and be transported and transformed. In this ongoing digital revolution, where online marketing is always in flux, the only way to create a sustainable author business and live off your royalties is to write transformational stories, market at every stage of the author journey, and cultivate a loyal audience of readers. Fortunately, there's never been more opportunity to make a living as a fiction author. Hi, I'm Liesl Hill, USA Today bestselling author and story clarity coach. When I'm not dictating my own stories about dragons, serial killers, and dystopian worlds, I help other authors write their own transformational fiction, position them as bestsellers, and market them like pros. Join me on the podcast where I give writing tips, marketing how-tos, story advice, and interviews with other authors who are in the trenches just like you and making it work. We are prolific authors. And welcome back to the Prolific Author Podcast. I hope everyone has had a great week of writing. Um, I am glad to finally be into August and out of July because, as I mentioned before, I was just doing all sorts of crazy things in July and I don't even know where the month went. <laughs> but we are all moved into our new place now. I uh, still have some unpacking to do, but mostly moved in so I can kind of return to work and I'm glad to be here. Um, yeah, so the interview I have for you today is really, really interesting. It is with P.D. Oliva, who is a sci-fi and horror writer. And we talk a little bit about um, using psychology to craft your characters and how if you write similar but different genres, that can actually pull your audience in to read everything you write. And so I thought this was a really fascinating conversation because I write different genres, not all of them necessarily apply here. Some of them are so different that you're not going to have any crossover at all. Um, but a, a few of them do. So I thought this was a really interesting conversation and I think you guys will find a lot of value in it. Um, you will notice that this is a very old interview. I am still getting through all the interviews that I did in 2020. I'm close. I've probably only got, I don't know, seven or eight more and then I'll be caught up. But this uh, was actually recorded over Christmas or right before Christmas. You'll hear us talk about Christmas coming <laughs> in the interview, which was December of 2020. So it's obviously taken me a long time to get through to all of these interviews, but it is a really, really fun one. And I'm excited for you guys to hear it. Um, the only other announcement that I wanted to make is that I am looking for a handful of clients who would um, be interested in having me run their Amazon ads for them. I've had quite a bit of success with my Amazon ads, but I want to do more research and run even more of them so that I can better teach my clients how to do Amazon ads. Um, so I'm just looking for people who would be interested in paying me to do that for at least a few months. I can teach them how to do it. But the idea is that after a few months, you will have some targets that work really well. Um, obviously, I can't necessarily guarantee anything, especially depending on what your cover and your blurb looks like. But if there's a problem with conversion, I can help you with that. I can show you um, what you need to do to fix it. So at the very least, you'll know what you need to do in order to get your Amazon ads to work. And chances are I will be able to get them to work for you. So if you are looking to have somebody run your Amazon ads, um, I'm much cheaper in my prices than most other people who do this because it is just kind of a small experiment for me. Um, I have only a handful of slots, so if you're interested, make sure and contact me immediately. Um, you can always DM me on Facebook at The Prolific Author, or you can uh, email me directly at liesl at authorlkhill.com, and I will put both of those in the show notes. Okay, so with that, let's hop into the interview. All right, so we are here today with Paul Oliva, uh, who writes under the initials PD. How are you doing today, Paul? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm good. Good. Y'all ready for Christmas? I'm definitely ready for Christmas. Presents <laughs> are bought, you know, the food's just waiting for me to eat it. 
Good, good. Right. <laughs> yeah, I think I think I'm about ready. I definitely have some more holiday baking to do, but other than that, I think I think I'm good. So. Right. Time to relax and chill out. Right. 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 <laughs> I agree. Um, great. Great. And uh, you're in Florida, right? So. Yes, I am. Sunshine State. Yeah. Hopefully, we're, we're supposed to have decent weather though on Christmas. I think it's supposed to be the highest 72. Wow. And then the low on Christmas, I think, is 55. So it's not that bad. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Right? We're definitely going to be colder than that where I live, but. <laughs> Understood. Understood. Hopefully, you get a white Christmas. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if we will. I, it seems like I was looking at the weather and it's maybe going to snow like the day after Christmas. So we uh, might not quite get it, but, you know, the weather apps only halfway know what they're talking about anyway. So <laughs> this is a fact. This is a fact. You <laughs> yeah. definitely can't rely on those, you know. No. Um, why don't you start by telling our audience who you are and, and what you write? Okay, so P.D. Oliva, and I write mostly science fiction and then horror novels as well. And right. I'm also a semi-retired kind of hypnotist and behavioral therapist specializing in trauma and addiction. Interesting, interesting. So you, you did your nonfiction books before you got into fiction then? Correct. So I have one nonfiction um, book. It's called Let Your Soul Evolve that I wrote with a few other therapists and a few philosophers as well. So we all took like a couple chapters and put it together and created the book, which we also used as a behavioral modification system in the, I was owner of a treatment center for a while. So we used it there with our patients. And did you have a lot of success with that, with the behavior modification? Yeah, really good success, actually. Quite good nice. success. It, um, well, it, it kind of takes in the, like meditative and, you know, spiritual practices and puts it into a behavior modification program. So part of the program is, yeah, it's, it's meditation, it's gratitude, it's like thinking differently, mm -hmm. changing your thoughts. And you do, the way you change yourself is by changing the actions and behaviors that you have. It gives you new experiences and then you could, you know, change those, that thought process up as well. Right, right. That's really fascinating. So how did that segue into writing fiction then? Tell us a little bit about your journey. Okay. All right. So I've always written fiction. All right. So okay. I wrote my first book when I was 12 years old. So I've always been a writer, wrote a lot of novels. First novel was actually published in 2011, and that was Indifference. And that's more of a psychological literary thriller. Mm -hmm. as you could say. It's about a misdiagnosed paranoid schizophrenic who discovers he has the powers to heal other people. Wow. And then that segued into the nonfiction, which is what I was into at that time. And then, well, a billion tiny moments in time. So that is a metaphysical family saga. And that was actually written long time ago, probably in 2010, but only published a few years ago. And then, hmm, so that's metaphysical family. And then we have Twisted Tales of Deceit, which is a collection of three dark fiction tales, one of which is Knickerbocker, which is a reimagining of the Headless Horseman. And it has a modern day twist because all, well, all the actors, all the characters are <laughs> recovering addicts and they're all employed as teachers at the prestigious Sleepy Hollow private school. So I had a lot of fun with that one. Especially yeah, that sounds way fun. Yeah, no, it was a lot of fun. I, I grew up in Westchester County, New York. So, you know, Headless Horseman was, was the thing. Been to Washington right. Irving's house in Tarrytown. I couldn't tell you how many times, how many school <laughs> field trips we took there. So I definitely always loved the story and, you know, wanted to do something with it. So I figured, why not, right? Right. And, and then presenting the marriage of Kellyanne and Jerry Denimer. 
is hmm, metaphysical, supernatural, definitely dark fantasy, has a tinge of horror, and it is about a, let's see, there's more than a few things going on. I'll give you the quick gist of it. It's the main character, his name is Jerry. He's married to his wife, Kelly. They have two kids. He is a very famous actor whose career has just taken a dive, and he decides to try to hang himself. But when he tries to commit suicide, it's thwarted by a voice in his smart TV that takes him into the TV, into another dimension where he has to go through his past to try to figure out what is going on in his life and what's led him to this point. But at the same time, there is a terrorist in, a, um, in L.A., and there is a riot that's about to happen because the terrorist is going to be extradited and people don't want that to happen. And there is a link between Jerry and this terrorist that you find out in this alternate dimension. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. And then my sixth book, which is The Rose, is a dystopian science fiction thriller. And that is takes place immediately after World War III in dystopian America, and you find out that alien vampires have conspired with elite humans to turn the human population into easily controlled zombies. <laughs> nice. nice. Always fun. <laughs> so we have a lot of things we could kind of unpack there. Um, so oh, let yeah. me start by asking, um, when you say metaphysical family saga, what, what does that mean? Can you explain what you mean by that? Sure, sure. So it, it traces um, a family over four different generations. And within that generation, the first generation the person had passed away and so metaphysically she is the mother of the main character thomas bitmore she's coming back to kind of help him survive through these generations and help the other generations as well and it's mostly about um immortality you know leaving okay. part of ourselves behind so does it would you consider it somewhat paranormal or is it different than paranormal Nah, definitely not paranormal. More um, metaphysical. It's very light. I actually call it my Hallmark card movie, right? Okay. Book. That's what it would be. So it's very sweet. It's very nice. It's very literary. But um, okay. there is this whole metaphysical aspect going on to it that goes into life and death and immortality and all that other good fun stuff. Yeah, yeah. And so my next question is, how does your, how do you find that your, your background in behavioral science, if we can call it that, how does that end up impacting your fiction? I mean, it sounds like you, you play with it a lot in your fiction. So I do. I enjoy tell it. us about that a little bit. I love getting to a character's head. And I think that's the biggest part that gets in there, the psychology behind it and psychology mm -hmm. behind motivation, you know, what's making each character tick, you know, what right. is the, what is the past? What has led them to this point? And I think I mean, I've probably done almost hundreds of biopsychosocials, which is just assessing per a person or an individual or client. And I think that's definitely rubbed off into the writing and how I choose to portray my characters. And even with The Rose, it was is, um, written in multiple points of view. So you get into the heads of all the characters, not just the protagonist, you know, but you're also in the heads of the alien vampires, gray aliens, and a whole bunch of other wild characters. And it's a lot of fun. Yeah. 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 I, I think that's really fascinating. I'm, I'm really into psychology. So I love stuff like that. And I think it's, it probably creates really, really interesting characters, you know, yeah. in, your, in your novels. The depth. I love depth. I love character depth. You know, just not, right. um, 
you know, I don't even like three dimensional, but two dimensional, definitely not. You know, <laughs> I like fifth dimensional characters. Right. Well, I was thinking about that when you were talking about um, the one about the terrorists, it sounds like you write pretty complicated plots. So how do you come up with your stories? Is there a particular process or, um, you, you know, do you, you continually add elements to make them complicated or do they just come to you that way? Uh, they pretty much, I think that's just the way that my brain is um, working at this moment in life, you know, so it definitely yeah. just comes to me as I'm writing. First, it's like the idea drops in the head and I, you know, I'm like, I definitely want to write this book and write this story. And then it's just kind of like develops over time. With a few of my books, you know, I'll take notes and stuff like that. And with the series, which is the Rose, seven books, yeah, I definitely got to plot out what's going to happen in book seven. So I can mm -hmm. make sure I'm getting it right now. But other than that, the story within itself is just developing on its own. Interesting. Yeah. So, so do you plot a lot or are you more of a, a pantser or a discovery writer? I'm more of a pantser. I love okay. just sitting down and letting the fingers just, just go, let it go. And uh, it's like with the rose, I had no idea where this was going. It first started as a short story. And I was only putting the short story together because I was writing a, another trilogy and I needed something. I wanted to do kind of like a backstory for that trilogy. And it just kept developing and developing and developing. And these characters just wouldn't relent. So everything that all the surprises that are in there were a surprise to me. I just kept going. Mm -hmm. Now this character's here. So what's this character about? And yeah, and that ended up it's going to take two volumes, a <laughs> uh, little short story to two volumes. And then, you know, the other um, series after that too. seven books in total. Wow. Yeah. And it doesn't sound like, I mean, your, your series or your, you, you write in different genres, even though they're all related. So how do yes. you, um, I, I mean, how do you handle that? Do you, do you have one list that goes with you to every genre, your readership, or um, do you, Target it differently, like just tell us about how you handle the different genres you write in. Okay, so with the sci-fi and then, all right, so I also have a couple books coming out that are specifically just pure horror, whereas everything before that is more dark fiction, dark fantasy, metaphysical. So I'm noticing now with the, with the Rose, because it has horror elements to it. It's mm -hmm. about alien vampires. So <laughs> there's got to be some <laughs> horror going on there, you know? Right, so right. Uh, finding that a lot of people who are reading that book are people who enjoy horror as well. So that okay. readership will stay the same. Um, as far as the other books, it's more of a, a niche market, literary, metaphysical. So it's a different type of reader. Right. But all enjoyable, right? right? Yeah. So. Well, and do you have a lot of crossover between, or do you find that you have a lot of crossover between those two genres? Yes. Yeah, yeah, I definitely do. It's definitely um, fitting in there. I also like to put Easter eggs to my other books into a certain novel as well. Just like little, right. little tidbits, you know, so I'm always interested if somebody picks up on them, maybe a hundred years from now, <laughs> maybe now, who knows, right? Yeah. And I mean, I think that definitely um, helps to kind of connect the, your worlds that way. But it almost seems to me too, like you would end up having a lot of crossover just because people who read horror, I mean, the metaphysical, the spiritual side of things, I mean, they're, they're very much about like redemption and you know what I mean? So do you, do you think yes. that plays into your genres that they would end up liking both, even though they're, they're very different? Yes. 100%. 100%. Especially um, presenting the marriage of Kellyanne and Jerry Denimer and then Knickerbocker as well, which is the reimagining of the headless horseman. Um, right. And then, there's two other stories in there that are definitely supernatural, metaphysical, and horror-based. So, yeah. um, 
Indifference, yes. You know, you could definitely get into that and a billion tiny moments of time because of those aspects. Mm-hmm. They're intriguing. Right, yeah. And, and, and I guess it goes back to the fiction. psychology, right? Yes, right. that's right. That's right. So um, how do you go about getting your books written? What is your, what is your process? Okay, so, hmm, let's see. Idea forms. And what I start doing at that point is I'll write it down, which means I'll send myself an email. So in my email folder, I have tons of different folders for specific ideas. So I'll start sending myself emails. And then once it's cultivated and I have the idea in my head, I'll start writing. Let it go from there. Um, usually, like with the rose, it took me about three months to write. So, mm-hmm. and that's just writing. After that, the editing process. So I noticed it takes me a couple months in the editing process as well, which is actually one of my favorite um, processes of the writing journey is, is doing the content edits and get it all, get it all prim and proper. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, as far as like with horror though, I just finished writing, I call it my quarantine, uh, my quarantine horror novel. It's called Jiggly Spot of the Zero Intellect, but that took me <laughs> almost eight months to write. That was a long one, but it turned out to be 154,000 words. Right. So it's yeah. longer. Yeah, a lot longer. But, um, and that's what, that's definitely horror. And there's some fantasy in there. There's some sci-fi in there, cosmic yeah. horror, like old grindhouse movies it's pretty raunchy and a lot of fun <laughs> definitely a quarantine novel put it that way. <laughs> so uh, you wrote that did you write this that this past year then during yes COVID? yes That's what you mean? i yeah. started in like march so writing that it's been an idea i've had for a few years but i started writing it in march and i just finished it like a month ago wow insane well, hey, good for, for you being time. productive during quarantine right yeah yeah i wanted to get that novel out i was planning on writing a few this year but i mean jiggly spot just took over put it right you know he's a raunchy little dude <laughs> they do that sometimes that do um that. so is it is it like quarantine themed or just that it was written during quarantine just that it was written during quarantine but there there's a kind of a quarantine aspect is that the last part of the book well actually is the main meat of the book takes place in this um it's like this supernatural fantasy portal in a warehouse in california that is a portal that reaches hell oh wow fun so and it's all claustrophobic and they're trying to get out of this place so kind of kind of quarantine-ish yeah yeah that's cool That sounds like fun. So how do you go about um, keeping yourself prolific, keeping yourself writing? Do you have any tips or tricks for when you kind of don't feel like writing to, to, get, to get it done? Usually what I do is when I hit uh, like a stage of um, writer's block or something like that, or I'm in between books, I'll go for long walks. I like taking mm-hmm. long walks. I, it breaks up the monotony and then kind of gets the juices flowing again. Um, I'll go to the beach. I'll do a meditation on the beach too, I'm largely into meditation. So I like that as well. And then just really get into it. It's, um, I find that I need to write a few sentences. What's the first sentence? How does this book begin? As soon as I get that first couple sentences, boom, it just starts flowing. Good, good. Yeah, yeah it's, it's amazing to me how many writers I talk to who, who walk it's just amazing how that works so well to yeah. get your creative juices blowing. Uh, I mean, it's not all writers or anything by any means, but just so many of them tell me that they do that. It's, it's really, really effective. Yeah. It helps, um, 
it's like our, our thoughts become like a ball of twine, you know, it just gets wrapped and wrapped and wrapped like that, you know, and then go for that walk. It's like you pull the string and just let it all out. So mm -hmm. we can see it in a different light. Yeah. Yeah. I like that metaphor a lot. That's great. So um, how do you go about marketing your books? Do you have any particular way to do it? Okay. So with my first five books, right? I was running a treatment center at the time as owner. So I never got into marketing, which okay. my babies will forgive me later. So with the <laughs> rose, I was like, all right, it's time, right? I'm going to be a full-time writer. This is what I'm doing. So I started taking a little bit less time at my private practice I have with my wife. And I'm like, all right, I got to figure out this marketing. Still trying to figure it out. But what has been going <laughs> good so far? Um, newsletter, like building my newsletter has done really well. Uh, that's a definite fact. Good, um, good. I'm, I'm on book funnel. So with book funnel and then story origin, I'm in a lot of book fairs, promos, and then newsletter swaps as well. And that seems to be doing quite well. Um, other marketing, you know, I have marketers out there that are helping get the word out there, get reviews and all that stuff. And that's been right. working as well. So especially Mara Garcia, TVM horror expert. She's awesome. She yeah. is definitely helping me out a lot. Yeah. She's really oh, good. good. Yeah. Shout out to her. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. Why not? Right? <laughs> so it just sounds like you do kind of the basic stuff that everybody tells you you got to do and that's working for you. And I would that's imagine right. um, because your books don't fit really squarely into mainstream genres that your your email list is going to be even more important than, yes. say, if you just wrote sci-fi in general or something like that. Agreed. Agreed. I got to go to both markets. So when I'm building that newsletter list, it's both. I'm targeting sci-fi and I'm tar targeting horror at the same time to get people in, you know, so and hopefully that continues to grow and maintain. I like it because it's like the readers are right there. I get to speak to them directly, you know, right, and, um, right. you know, do surveys. And what do you guys like? What are you looking for? You know, what are you seeing? You know, yeah. they're getting feedback as well. So Keep right. building that. I do enjoy it. I do do the Facebook, you know, I'm on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, but I've never been a big social media guy. Yeah. And so the newsletter really said something to me when I, when I heard about it, I'm like, that makes perfect sense. So I enjoy it. Yeah. And that's good that you're engaging your list by getting feedback from them. I think that's something that a lot of authors don't do enough. Um, Agreed. So that's good that you're doing that. And, and can I ask, do you, are you a full-time writer right now or are you still working a day job? Still. All right. So I'm, I still have clients. All right. Okay, in private gotcha. practice. What happened during quarantine was a friend of mine owned a treatment center and because of quarantine, he lost some staff, but he still had clients. So he needed help. So he asked me to come in there and help, um, just to take care of them, do therapy, make sure everybody's on the up and up. So I kind of like went back in there for that purpose and, uh, I love doing it and I'm good at it. So why not? You know? I'll, yeah. Yeah. I'll keep it there. Even when writing is full time, I'll probably still do something in that field. You know, I was thinking about maybe opening up a nonprofit or trying to help some people out. Yeah. That's great. That's great. So were those your clients, do you see them face to face? Not virtually, right? It was face to face. So I had gotcha. to go to the treatment center, help out with medical, help with this, help with that, anything that I could do. Yeah. Well, that's great. I'm sure you were, I'm sure you were a blessing to those clients that you helped. I hope so. I hope so. It was crazy too, because I have a dystopian novel coming out and then I'm driving out there as an essential worker. And it seems like you're driving into a dystopian world and there's nobody on the road, you know, <laughs> it was like eerie. And at the same time, I'm like, whew, you know, it's crazy that I have a dystopian novel coming out. This right. Year. right. Right. So yeah. it's definitely a little, little bit surreal. 
Yeah, I bet. I bet. I, I write some dystopian too, but it wasn't, I don't know, it wasn't ever too bad where I live um, to where it gotcha. was like totally empty. You know, like, I mean, in a few places and of course people stayed home, but it's just not a place that's like, I live in the suburbs. So it's not like some big city that got completely emptied out or anything. So I don't think I've experienced mm -hmm. that quite as much as other people, but I would see it like on the news or, you yeah. know what I mean? Things like that. And yeah, I had the same thought, like, wow, that could be the setting for my book right there. <laughs> That's know? right. Yeah, it was, it was definitely strange, you know, making that yeah. drive uh, a couple of times a week. So, you know, and people are doing like any other car that is out there, they're doing like 120 miles an hour just motoring. I'm like, <laughs> you should still slow down. You know? Right. <laughs> yeah, it does happen. If it's a dystopian world, don't make it worse, right? <laughs> That's right. That's right. That's right. Oh, how funny. Um, well, thanks so much for talking to us today. This has been really interesting to hear about your writing. Um, what Thank advice you. do you have for, you know, up and coming writers who are kind of still trying to figure it all out? I think it's find what works for you. Find your personality. Like, um, if you don't like Facebook, all right, so maybe do something with it, but not devote all your energy towards it. You know, find what right. you, what connects, like me with the newsletter, connect it. So, and keep going with that. And of course, reach out to other authors and try to network with the other authors. Definitely. Yeah, for sure. Indie community is awesome. We're all in this together. So, I agree. There's yeah, so many great fact. people in the indie space that, so, so how have you, have you had any particular way that you've done that during COVID, reached out and networked with other authors? Uh, well, through the book funnel thing, and then just Facebook okay. groups that I was on, um, fantasy right. and sci-fi focus, great, great um, Facebook group. Um, uh, oh, fantasy and sci-fi readers lounge. They're another group that I found was awesome, and and just through those groups, can was able to connect with a lot of different authors. Nice, nice. Yeah, definitely recommend them. They're good people. Yeah, it's really fun to connect with other authors that way, and especially is. with no. Um, you know, in-person events really going on right now. I always love going to That's conferences right. and that kind of got taken away this year, but hopefully it'll come back pretty soon. <laughs> I agree. I hope so too. I haven't gone to those conferences yet. That was part of the marketing plan for this year. And then Rats. obviously we know what happened, you know, as, <laughs> yeah. as far as like, all right, I'm ready to market. I got to hit these conferences and then whoop pulled that rug out from under me. So, right. all right, refocus. But that's how I figured out the mailing list thing. So right. not bad. And then when they come back around, yes, I'm hoping to be there. So I'd yeah. like to do um, some other things too. I, my son used to work at haunted houses. We went to haunted house conventions. I like to bring my horror novels there, you know, yeah, stuff yeah. like that, you know, fun stuff. Cause they're, they're, you know, there's major ones and big ones, but there's little ones out there as well that I could hit comic con. I definitely want to hit alien con. Yeah. That would you be know. fun. <laughs> yes. That will. That will. Like, yeah, I, people are fun. Right. Yeah. Well, it's just, there's something about being at events and, and just kind of the energy of it, of brushing shoulders yes. with people who love what you love and do what you do. And I think we kind of miss that in the virtual events, but I also, I also, I'm proud of us that we can pivot and do them virtually, you know, during a time like this, rather than them just going away. And I think that the indie community has done a really good job with that. Agreed. Agreed. Great. Well, thank you again so much. That was, that was great advice. Where can people find you and your books if they want to connect with you or, or read what you've written? Best place to go is pdaliva.com. A-L-L-E-V-A. All right. I will make sure and link to that in the show notes so that people can All find right. you. And yeah, thank you again and, and good you. luck with everything that you do. Hey, thank you very much for having me. It's good talking <laughs> to you. You too. Bye -bye. Me again. 
Before you go, if you found value in this episode, I would love it if you could leave me a review. Reviews are the best way to show your appreciation and help others find this podcast. Be sure to screenshot it, share it on your favorite social media network, and tag me at LK Hill Books. Remember, the world needs your stories. Only you can change someone's heart with your fire-breathing dragons, your mind-blowing mysteries, your epic romances, and your intense thrillers. So join the revolution and be a prolific author.